Welcome to the Georgia 2024 show convention update uh, here with my co-host Bill Quinn. And uh, we've got a great show for you tonight. Uh, some really interesting guests, which uh, we asked some tough questions. So stick around to the end. I think you'll enjoy it. We are brought to you by the Georgia Record or GeorgiaRecord.com. And there is a famous scene in Patton's speech where he says, you know, when your grandson puts you on your knee, what put when you put your grandson on your knee, he's going to ask you, what'd you do in the great people's war? And if you support CD media, you won't have to tell him you shoveled, you know what, in Louisiana is what Patton said. So sign up for our no ad subscriptions. We need your help. Uh, that, that We're just bluntly telling you we've been deplatformed. We were debanked this week after our surprise visit to the Spy Museum in, in Washington, D.C., where we found Brad Raffensperger, Gabriel, Gabe Sterling, and Jordan Fuchs, and Ryan Germany uh, trying to hide from us to talk uh, about elections. So uh, support our no ad subscriptions is a few bucks a month and you won't get any ads across the sites. And we're adding more sites every day. The Colorado Free Press is starting uh, in a few days. Bill, uh, we had uh, some interesting conversations this week. Why don't you start it off with uh, what you want to get through today before we start with the interviews? OK, well, there was uh, as, as you've already alluded to, there's a lot of moving parts right now. So um, one of our one of our Patriot uh collaborators, if you will, in Gwinnett County alerted me earlier this week to uh, something that happened at the May 17th meeting of the Gwinnett Board of Elections. Um, their uh, election supervisor is Zach Manifold, and he made some startling disclosures during their meeting. Uh, folks may remember that about a little over a year ago, uh, Brad Raffensperger made a surprise announcement about outsourcing the voter rolls in Georgia to a subsidiary of Salesforce.com. Now, keep in mind, Salesforce is led by Mark Benioff, who uh, sits on the board of directors of the World Economic Foundation, all of those things concerning it in their own right. So he made this announcement. Um, it was apparently done almost single-handedly. Uh, many people complained that not, not enough budgeting or analysis or oversight had been put into it, but by the time folks learned about it, it was a done deal. It was announced early in 22. It was actually launched early in 22, lasted just about two weeks, according to the testimony uh, offered by Mr. Manifold. Hmm. And because of issues, they had to shut it right back down after just two weeks. And they stood back up and started using the previous system called ENET. So almost a year went by, believe it or not. They've been uh, staying on ENET through the last year's elections. And on February 1st, they launched Jarvis again. Um, here's the problem. According to, and this is now four months ago, today it is not providing accurate data. Now, folks are going to ask, well, what does that mean? Well, they, they're not talking about all the details, but let me give you a couple of quotes from Mr. Manifold. It's just not functioning in a place where I feel comfortable having an election right now. There are numerous issues. There are con uh, contact date issues. Now, we, we spoke to some voters and had them check their data. And sure enough, um, the first one we talked to said, yes, I found issues. It says, I haven't been in contact with the voter registration system, haven't voted since 2019. And they voted every election they were qualified for between 19 and today. So much more to come on this, but we wanted to raise the issue to make sure people are watching this. This is 
Very concerning. Yet again, another case where, you know, Raffensperger seems to have gone off and done something and did not get concurrence almost, you know, in an autocratic manner, apparently went off and just made the decision to outsource this. So we'll have more on this, I'm sure, in the coming weeks. And uh, we'll have some hard questions. In the meantime, we would recommend that everybody go to their local county elections board and election supervisor and ask, are you, are we in our counties having this same thing happen? Important to ask the question. And I, I wonder how many will get sort of a uh, 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 kind of answer. So yeah, and Garland, that, uh, voter GA has a lawsuit against because the bidding process was not per Georgia law, according to him. So, that's correct. That's yeah. correct. So um, just another main, you know, big concern heaps on top of the rest. I wonder if, uh, you know, Ms. Mr. Raffensperger will have to be running from reporters again. We'll see. We'll see. So with that, uh, there's been a lot of other stories this week. Uh, we mentioned we were debanked at Cadence Bank after visiting the Spy Museum, which uh, you can find that story on the Georgia Record along with others. We've got a great story up there, uh, what's happening in Florida, where uh, a, a, an official in the DeSantis group essentially called for the uh, forced imprisonment of a journalist, Laura Loomer, because she's talking bad about the governor, which was quite startling. And this comes on the heels of... Uh, laws trying to be passed that uh, journalists have to r register and, and a bunch of other things. So a lot going on. The uh, the tyranny is coming and, and we're standing up and calling it out. With that, Bill, you ready for our first interview? You bet. Let's go. Okay. So BJ Van Gundy is currently the first vice chair of the Georgia GOP. And uh, we spoke with him and he's trying to uh, win another term. So here goes the interview. All right, we are uh, we're happy to be joined by B.J. Van Gundy, who is uh, one of the candidates running for first vice chair for the Georgia GOP. So as part of our uh, uh, special convention coverage, uh, we invited B.J. on and we're, we're happy to have him with us. So thank you, B.J. And, and just to clarify, I'm not running for it. I am it right now. Well, that's, <laughs> I suppose that's true. Yeah. It's, it's, it's running for re-election is the correct phrase. Okay. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. So um, let's see, just to get us, to get us started off, um, you've been, I assume, traveling around to the, uh, you know, to the various meetings and counties that are reviewing candidates. What, what kind of stuff are you hearing from them? What are their concerns? What are their wishes as we go forward? Well, obviously, obviously, election integrity is an is a huge issue still from the 2020 election, and uh, as as well as the 2022 election, if there were issues there. And I've I've typically over the last many years, 20 years, spent my two months after after a November election at the Gwinnett County Elections Office, uh, much to my wife's chagrin. Uh, for many hours. So mm -hmm. it's it's been an issue for a long time. It just is uh, got raised to quite a height in 2020. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to review it, but uh, Brad Raffensperger was up uh, at a uh, SEER meeting, CEIR, which is uh, one of David Becker's organizations. He was up in Washington a couple of weeks ago and uh, was asked what he thought of uh, Georgia's uh, voter base and their level of confidence in the elections. Was it improving and so forth? Um, and uh, he seemed to indicate that he thought it was improving, um, or partly in, in, in light of vote, photo ID. So um, it, you know, I, think, uh, I think many would agree with your observations. 
how do you have any thoughts about what Raffensperger might be concentrating on if he says we're improving uh, confidence? Well, I mean, we, we saw some improvements with the legislation that was passed last year. And then, and then, you know, some a, a couple slight changes this year. But we saw some improvements last year with some, uh, and the year before with with some changes to the laws, particularly in photo ID, requiring photo ID to be included with uh, absentee ballots. Uh, back in back uh, in 2020, after the election, going into the January 5th uh, senatorial runoffs for for both of our Senate, Senate candidates, I, I filed a challenge against 16,000, about 16,000 people in Gwinnett mm-hmm. that uh, we had indications that they had moved out of state. Now, those challenges, they were filed all over the state. I was part of a group of people that did uh, such things. And then the elections board's teams seemed to not care. But one of the other things I did that, that it, it proved an issue and it got me kicked off of Twitter uh, was on on Jan- for the January fifth election. I, I requested an absentee ballot, and y'all probably are not familiar with my signature, but I've used the same signature for thirty years since about ninety three when I was a CEO of a small company, and it's a scribble. It's not readable. It's just a, it looks like an earthquake uh, hmm. meter, and I requested my ballot of the Gwinnett County Elections Office in early December of of 2020 and uh, got notified, Hey, your uh, absentee ballots on the way, but I signed my name perfectly. And I signed it. My name, I go by BJ Van Gundy and have for 40 years, but I signed it Brian J Van Gundy, all written out very neatly in cursive. And they sent me my absentee ballot showing that they were not using signature verification. So, and Twitter didn't like it because I was amplifying a false story. But uh, it's, yeah, photo ID is key because they're not using signature verification. So we've got to have something. What do you think the party could do? I mean, obviously the party wants people like Raffensperger in an office and they have executive control. What can the party do as an advocacy group to demand candidates? What can they do more to demand candidates actually treat election integrity at at the level that the the voters want? Well, we've... We've been doing it with, with the with the Senate bill that we got done a couple of years ago. That was that was originated the the many points and requests for legislation changes was originated by those of us at the state Republican Party at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brad Carver, eleventh uh, district chairman, did a did a great job of getting that through at the time and working through that. We didn't get everything that we asked for but it was a, a move forward and we continue to fight for changes that will continue to give us confidence in our uh, electoral base that's on, on the rolls. But it's unfortunate these elections offices are sucked into this concept of, of, of uh, kicking people off the uh, rolls that are, don't even live here anymore. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think the, uh, the um, well, go ahead, Bill. Let me think about my question. Your turn. So let, let's just open the door to some other uh, topics. What, as you look forward, what do you think are some of the things that uh, our state GOP needs to do differently, um, both this, the remainder of this year, and certainly into 2024? I, 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 I think your question 
uh, uh, has a straw man in it suggesting that things have to be done differently. Are we talking about election integrity or elections overall? It, well, it may not even be elections. It could be their because, approach to, to because my, my answer my answer to that has been, and I've been speaking around the state about this, is is we came we came out of the 2022 election and into January with a lot of people in Georgia having, you know, bad feelings. I had people asking me as a party leader saying, hey, well, oh, man, we we only have five extra people in the House of Representatives in Washington right now. But the reality is those of us here in Georgia did our job, you know, in November. And a lot of people don't don't haven't looked back at this because everybody got fuzzy in January because of the uh, slim majority we have in the House of Representatives got got fuzzy and started going, well, we didn't do well. Well, in November, we won every single statewide state office in Georgia. The Georgia Republican Party and our elected officials from the governor on down to agriculture commissioner all won. So and we gained an extra congressional seat here in Georgia. We added to that slim majority up in Washington, D.C. So when you look at a slim majority of only five in Washington, D.C., it's not that Georgia has to do a whole lot of things differently. We need to continue to fight for election integrity. However, we won everything, guys. <laughs> and, and so everybody that keeps saying, well, we've got to change things at the Georgia GOP. Well, we, we knocked on tens of millions of doors and made tens of millions of phone calls. And and the governor's race is an example of winning by almost 300,000 votes, right? So it's it wasn't that we have to change a whole lot of things at the state Republican Party. We need to continue to fight for the things that we need to fight for. We need to get rid of these stupid drop boxes because those are just those. You know, it, 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 you recall the summer of 2020 when Nancy Pelosi was claiming that the post office had no funding and wasn't going to be able to handle absentee ballots. And, and it, it, this was all set up ahead of time. It wasn't even, those boxes weren't put in for COVID initially. The concept was, was that the post office had no money and couldn't deliver things. But, but I, 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 I ask, I always ask everybody, do y'all remember everybody, uh, Nancy Pelosi talking how the post office wasn't going to be delivering Christmas presents that next December? no, <laughs> She didn't. It, all of a sudden, the post office funding wasn't an issue anymore. So we've got to get rid of the things that they that they brought in under the guise of COVID and poor funding for the post office, like drop boxes. Those are silly. The best drop box you have and the most convenient drop box you have isn't the one that's at the library two miles from you. It's at the end of your driveway. There was a, a massive uh, win for a lot of the grassroots uh, parts or sections of the party across the state. Uh, over the last uh, year as we approach the convention in, in several counties. Do, do you feel the grassroots are being a, a effectively represented in the party? Do you feel I, like they have a voice? I don't know. I don't, I don't know which wins. We, we've, we've always done this. You, you understand, I've, I've been doing this since 1993, mm -hmm. which is 30 years. We've had county conventions and district conventions and state conventions since 1993, of which I think I've missed two of those cycles out of the last 30 years. Mm -hmm. We've always done things from the grassroots. I, I, I don't know what you mean well, by are that. You, are you saying there's no, uh, I guess, uh, there's no, there hasn't been any 
discord within the party at the local level over the last couple well, of years? I'm not, I'm not saying there's not discord, but, mm -hmm. but, but I, I guess I would ask you guys how mm -hmm. long you've been watching the local county and, and, and district conventions. And if you've been watching them for 30 years, there's been discord since the nineties. Since, since well, let me, let me rephrase my question. Do you feel like the grassroots are getting people that are maybe not of the establishment side of the party? Do you feel they're being effectively given a voice in the party? Yes, because we have conventions. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I also don't know what you mean by the establishment. Are, are we talking mm -hmm. about somebody like me who's been around for 30 years? Because I don't consider myself establishment because I've been fighting against things for 30 years to try mm -hmm. and get things done. So when we mm -hmm. say establishment, I consider the establishment to be the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, mm -hmm. and all those clowns and all those uh, departments in Washington, D.C., that have been around for 30 years in their stupid jobs and are fighting against changes brought on by presidents like President Trump. That's well, like right now, let me let me give you an example. Right now, state committee representatives, state committeemen in the party cannot get lists of other members of the committee in order to contact them to effectively prepare for the convention. I'm, I'm not aware of what, describe that better to me. They can't, members of the state committee, which there mm -hmm. are, how many do you know? Do you know? Several hundred, right? I mean, I don't know. The 160. Exact yeah. So it's not several hundred. It's only a hundred and a half. But all of the state committee members are able to know who the other state committee members are. That's, that's not, that's, that's not true. Now, the list that's not available to everybody are the lists of the delegates to the state convention which are available to those of us like me, who's a candidate. And we all send, sign a document that says, I will only use this for my use for campaigning for my office. But as far as the 160 members of the state committee, that list has been put on the internet in the past. Then we had people request that it be removed. It was put on as an Excel spreadsheet. But state committee members are perfectly able to find out who the other state committee members are. Well, I, I, I know, know one, I, I mean, and I'm just speaking off one that contacted us and uh, they, she received a reply. We are not sharing the state committee list. It was an elected in an earlier meeting. The list would not be shared. Uh, if new business allows, uh, we can take it up. You can tell me who that is and, and, and how I can help them out. It was Susan. It was Susan Oprah dealing with uh, Karen, uh, Okay, and, and she pitches. asked for a copy of the delegates to the convention. No, the, the other pities, other people on the state committee, other state, the other one hundred and sixty, in order to contact them. Well, that's probably an issue that needs to be raised to those of us with the state executive committee that would that would mm -hmm. remedy that. But, but I, I I think an anecdotal story is sometimes, you well, know, I'm you, I'm a data guy, and yeah. I use I use trends and data points more than one data point to determine that something is well, I think this has been an ongoing issue over the last several years since 2020 that people can't okay. get information in order to effectively communicate with other people in the party okay I, I think state committee I, I I believe state committee members should be able to have a list of other state committee members from across the state and be able to contact mm -hmm. them and talk to them yes great well if how would uh, okay so I'll I'll put Susan Oprah in touch with you and maybe yeah, do that. Get, get resolved prior to the convention. Cause yeah. you know, we're, we're trying to, uh, let me just say that there, there is some 
for lack of a better word, discord within the party among certain groups that they're not being able to companion and get information effectively, like the rules of the convention, I believe, are, are not public at this point to the people in the party in order to see what is going to happen at the convention. Sure. Uh, I, I guess as far as the rules of the convention, the rules of the convention are the convention is governed by the rules of the state of Georgia Republican party mm -hmm. and Robert's rules where the state mm -hmm. of Georgia Republican party rules don't apply. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what rules and, okay. and the rules are, and, and typically for conventions, the rules are published on a program in, a, in advance, such as, uh, mm -hmm. Each person running for office shall have three minutes to speak or something like that. Mm -hmm. But as far as the rules of the convention, I'm not sure okay. that those have ever been published in advance, nor it, they're run by Robert's rules in the state of Georgia Republican Party and according to the call that was put out in January. Bill? So there's a, a number of folks now on the uh, docket to speak. And some folks are uh, kind of noting who antied up for this, and they're looking at uh, the current uh, GOP polls across the country. The latest one came out of West Virginia, shows Trump at 54%, right. DeSantis at nine, Pence at five, um, uh, Scott's in there at four, Ramaswamy's at two, and Hutchinson's at two. Are you right. are you at all surprised that uh, Ramaswamy, Hutchinson, and Pence decided to come to Georgia? It seems, seems an interesting choice, perhaps. Well, I, 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 they intend to run for president of the United States, and Georgia is one of the states. It's an opportunity for any of them to get their message out, as, as is for for Mr. Trump to get his message out again. I mean, and so I'm, I'm not surprised that they're coming. It's a it's a stage to be on in front of a bunch of activists. It's a good place for anybody to be. Yeah, probably so. Um, so last question for you: Where? Uh... So for folks that would like more information on your candidacy and your background and so forth, do you have a place that they should go to uh, get that information? Well, they can, they can come to my Facebook page. They can call me at 678-520-0807, my cell phone number. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not an unknown around the party. My numbers are well out there. They can email me at bj at vangundy.gop. Always happy to talk to people. I talk to people a lot all day long. Uh, the, uh, but can I, can I, can I let you know why I'm running again and, wh and yes, why they yes. should vote for me? <laughs> uh, here's the deal. We're going to get, we're going to have a brand spanking new state Republican party chairman this year. It's going to be one of three people, two of those people I know very, very well. And they're very, very good friends of mine. I don't know Mr. Futch very well, but I know the other two very well. They've been friends for 20 plus years. Uh, with a brand new state party chairman, similar to Delta, putting a brand new captain on a 737 Pro Max airplane. When that guy first is going to fly that 737 Pro Max and he walks onto the plane, he will be very relieved to have a co-pilot that has flown that plane in the past. And, and I believe with my four years as a county Republican Party chairman, my six years as a district Republican Party chairman, my four years as second vice chairman of the state, my four years as assistant secretary of the state Republican Party, and my two years now as first vice chairman that I currently am, uh, I should, I, I'm qualified to be that co-pilot. It's being first vice chairman is a person that has to fill in for the chairman if the chairman's not available to run meetings, 
or to know what's going on. Someone that has never has, has been a county chairman for two years or has never held any of those positions really should work their way up to those positions and get themselves some experience in order to be the number two Republican in the state of Georgia. And I believe I have that experience and I am qualified to be in that number two seat. How can people help your campaign? What what do you need from people out in the out in the audience? Well, you can send me a bunch of money. That would be awesome. <laughs> but you know, I it, it just ideally I just need them to when they come to the convention, uh, I look at a, at a person sitting in a chair and they have eight other chairs around them. If you look at a three by three type grid, and if they can you know get those the nine themselves plus the other eight to vote for me, that would be great. I, I appreciate any help and support in, in, in getting reelected. You know, these are, these are volunteer positions. Uh, you know, my wife has always pointed out, you know, you don't get paid for any of these positions. And in fact, it looks like it's about a negative 500 salary every month. So, you know, with me traveling around and being away from family, family and, and things like that and cost of gas and everything else. So any, any help in just getting reelected would be appreciated. Thank you, sir. We appreciate your time. That's great. We, we appreciate you joining us, BJ. We will uh, look forward to news over the next couple of weeks. And we'll be, we're planning on uh, uh, being at the convention. I'll be a delegate in addition to, to uh, representing CD Media. So uh, we'll likely have the chance to chat and catch up. So thank I you. I look forward to seeing you and shaking you gentlemen's hands as soon as I can see you. Okay, that's great. Thank Take you care. again for joining us. All right. Good, guys. Interesting interview, Bill. It was. It was. Um, I, I think folks will uh, will be very intrigued with the different perspectives folks bring to the bring to the party, and that, very frankly, I think is the reason we're doing this. Um, yeah, yeah. Longer venue than uh, than some of the counties are able to provide, and uh, a lot of people can see the the same answers to the same questions, and perhaps build a, a more ro robust uh, impression. Yeah, and we we just want to talk about issues that need to be talked about in the party and provide transparency. I think that's the mission of the Georgia record. So yep. um, I'm looking forward to our next interview. Ken Carroll is running for second vice chair, I believe. That's correct. GOP. Uh, he's a, another longtime uh, GOP operator in Georgia. And uh, here we go. Okay. We are delighted to be joined uh, by Ken Carroll. Uh, Ken is running for second vice chair of the Georgia state GOP. Uh, so, um, along with uh, my colleague and boss, Todd Wood, we will uh, uh, get a chance to chat uh, with Ken about his background and so forth. So, thank you for joining us, Ken. Listen, it's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you having me on. You bet, you bet. So, um, as we get started, you know, maybe tell us a little bit about what your uh, aspirations are and hopes for uh, the position and uh, what you think might uh, might be the appropriate goals for the state GOP as we get going into the remainder of 23 and into 24? Sure. Um, I've got three main focuses that I want to look at. Of course, the main thing the second vice chairman does is he helps the, helps the chairman, whoever that may be. And I could work with any of the three candidates. Um, but the three things I'm really focused on, number one is messaging, because the state party messaging is nearly non-existent. And we need to defend our candidates, the party, and the party members. Um, we've been defined by the Democrats and the media, and they're never going to define Republicans in a way that any of us would think 
looks halfway fair. So we've got to define ourselves. That's the first thing. Second thing, everybody talks about Unite, but let me be very specific. It can't just be a slope. Um, Bill, let's say you, Todd, and I all support a different, let's say, presidential candidate. Well, we'll slug it out in the primary, but at the end, whoever that nominee is, we all three need to get behind that person and push them to victory because the only road to the White House that's feasible for our Republican is through the state of Georgia. And we have got to win Georgia for the Republican Party. The third thing is simply electing Republicans. That's the main reason the party's here. It's what we have to focus on. So those are the things I'm looking at. And what I want to do is I do want to push that messaging. I want to start doing roundtables with the young Republicans and college Republicans. Let's talk to them instead of trying to figure out how to reach their peers. Let's ask them. They know, you know, what app, what apps are going to be best? What messages are going to work better with their generation? We need to implement that. And then we need to work with them to make sure they feel at home inside the Republican Party as well. So messaging is, is key for me. Um, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. There are other things we can look at, but those are the three things I really want to focus on. Okay. As we uh, as we get forward toward the convention, what we're hearing is there's going to be a a very high percentage of folks that have not attended one of the state conventions before. Um, how would you advise these folks that are first timers to focus their attention? I, I guess one of the things we've said in the past is you know you look at TV coverage of many conventions, and it looks like a whole bunch of people in a in a room, and they're all looking around at all the shiny objects. They don't know what to focus on. What What would be your suggestions? Uh, well, first of all, I, I agree with with the way you stated that. It does look that way, and for a lot of people, it's what they do. I would say that first of all, keep an open mind, absorb things, be a sponge, go out, meet people from other parts of the state. Go ahead and because politics is not about networking, politics is about relationships. Build some relationships with other people at this convention so that it going forward, you have contacts and you can get other perspectives on it. But the main thing I would do if I were brand new, I would be really focused on the candidates and the rules changes. Um, read everything you can about the candidates, read what you can about the rule changes. But be willing to be persuaded if somebody makes an argument you haven't thought about, then you need to take that into account. Rule changes is an interesting topic. Um, a number of folks have asked about that. Are the are the proposed rules for the convention released yet? Do you know? Um, I don't know if they've been released. The main focus is on is on a proposed rule that may or may not come out of committee. I don't know if it will or not. And that proposed rule change is that the convention delegates would be able to decide who can and cannot run as a Republican in the future. And I find that I'm not an attorney, but I do love the U.S. Constitution, and I don't think it's constitutional for us to do that. I remember we had to pay out, if you remember David Duke, the uh, uh, Ku Klux Klan guy that wanted to run on the Republican presidential ticket in Georgia, we denied him the ability to run and we wound up paying him a lot of money. So we lost that suit. Um, I'm afraid we would lose any other suits. And the truth of the matter is, 
if we say you can't qualify as a Republican, it doesn't mean somebody can't go to the Secretary of State's office and still qualify as a Republican. So I, I don't see the purpose in it, but I don't like the idea of a small group of people being able to decide for the entire state. Well, would it would it be a small group? Is it the is it the convention delegates or would it be executive committee or, or it would what be is your understanding delegate. where it stands? Yeah, that's a good question, Bill. It, it would be the convention delegates. However, you're talking about 1,500 at the beginning of the convention or 1,800. So by the time you got around to voting for it, you could have maybe 751 people decide that a person shouldn't run as a Republican, and that's all it would take. I'd rather let the people make up their minds in the, in the, uh, at the polling places rather than have a small, to me, a relatively small group of people compared to the population of the, of the state make that decision yeah um you had mentioned earlier on messaging and i think from what uh, many of us have heard in in meetings around the state uh, com communication certainly is a big deal do you um have you found that the um information that folks are asking uh the party for whether it be you know fellow committee members whether it be you know, other things like these roles, are they, is the, the state committee being um, helpful in getting that information to the folks that are, are requesting it, do you think? Well, part of the problem is the state committee is not getting the information either. The state committee is supposed to be the ruling body of the Georgia Republican Party in between conventions. What I have found, and recently this has changed, maybe because I've been talking about it, but state committee members don't even get a list of other state committee members and how to contact now, how are you going to be the ruling body of of an organization if you don't even know who your fellow uh, members are on that committee? Mm -hmm. So one thing we want to do is make sure every state committee member has a list of every other state committee member and how to contact them. That way they can bring things forward. And most people don't know this, but a percentage of the state committee can call for a meeting of the state uh, of the state committee and make it so. So they have a lot more power than they've been using. Now, having said that, let's, let's expand it a little bit. Let's talk about to the people out there. Things I'm talking about, there were four great uh, education bills that got passed in this last uh, legislative session, but most of us don't hear about them. One of them to me is just tremendous because it moves literacy testing back from the end of third grade back to the end of kindergarten and pushes phonics as a way to teach. That's a big jump because fourth graders, fourth grade is when you start reading in order to learn something instead of learning in order to uh, learning to read. So if you don't read well, when you start fourth grade, you are behind the eight ball and you stay there for a long time, if ever. People who don't do well in fourth grade, that's the first telling sign they're not going to graduate from high school. It's an indicator of whether or not they do jail time, believe it or not. So if we wait till the end of third grade to test them, we're not gonna get them caught up. But if we start looking at kids at the end of kindergarten, that gives us three years to get those kids caught up to where they need to be so that when they hit fourth grade, they can do well. So that's huge, but we didn't talk about it. The state party didn't talk about it. No. We need to get our message out there. Um, there were other bills that were passed. 
things that we need to be proud of. But anytime a Georgia state house and a Georgia state Senate pass a great piece of legislation and it's signed into law by a Georgia governor, why aren't we talking about it? The press is not going to pick it up unless they find a flaw in the bill. So we've got to do that. We have got to come forward and we have got to make our point with, with the people in the state of Georgia because nobody else is going to do us, do it for us and we're not doing it. Yeah. So we yeah. need to get out and we need to do that. And we need to teach what the Republican Party is to people. And we also need to teach what the Republican is and isn't to our newer members because they don't necessarily know. The burden right. is on us and we've got to do a better job. G given what you shared about education and I and I share the concerns, I mean, as I think the last number I, I saw showed uh, Georgia in the uh, bottom, um, you know, bottom third of the of the states in, in terms of outcomes in education. Were you surprised that the school choice bill didn't pass? That seemed to be early on a almost a no brainer for many people. I'm somewhat surprised. I will tell you, I think the holdup very often is from rural counties. Um, because they don't want to undermine their schools. Whereas in the city, I, in the metro areas, I think there is more of a call for that and it's discussed more. Mm -hmm. It's not discussed as much in the rural areas. And I don't think that people were really calling on their state rep and their state senator to push that bill forward. And I think if you go back and check the votes, I think the rural part of the state is where we fell down on that. Yeah. You would think there'd be workarounds for that, but we will see. I think uh, from what I can tell, there's going to be a lot more attention on it this coming as we approach the next session. Um, Todd, did you have uh, something? Yeah, I had a mic problem there. Ken, do you think uh, that there, there seems to be, we're hearing a lot of, uh, for lack of a better word, discord among some of the local levels at the party. Do you feel like the grassroots are being representative effectively in the party and allowed to get their voice out? There, there's uh, there, there are two discords, two sets of discords, Todd. Mm -hmm. One of them is between the state party and the grassroots. Mm -hmm. That's very real. We, we all know it. I mean, you guys see it, right? So, again, working with the state committee, that's 150 people from around the state. Having those people out there so that they make a difference and getting them to reach out to their constituents, I think, gives a greater voice to our grassroots people. <laughs> Um, I think that's part of it. Um, I think that we've got to start talking to each other and not at each other. And people forget, but for those of us who have been around for a while, you, you and I could disagree vehemently on some bill, but as long as we remain civil and talk to each other, and agree to disagree the next bill that comes down the line we could be allies on that nothing should stop us from being able to do that and part of that is just speaking to each other respectfully and a lot of that has to do the state party's got to do a better job of that and not ignoring people um and and for that matter the grassroots and the state legislators have got to reach a better understanding but you have to understand something if you're a state legislator and you got elected with 70% of the vote and you go to a local GOP meeting and people jump all over you, they're going to do the math and they're going to say, I could get elected without these people. 
Now, the local GOP brings a lot to the table. Let's, let's be quite honest. Uh, it's in terms of organization and other things. And I think sometimes our state legislators underestimate that. But I also think sometimes our local people overestimate where they stand to. And again, the key is to talk to each other, not call each other names. Talk to the person. You might learn something. And that goes both ways. So, yeah, there's a divide there. There's also a divide between the state party and our elected officials. And we all know that, too. There seems to be a lot of calls for unity, but in a lot of people's mind that we're hearing that unity is very one sided, like believe in what we want or, you know, you're not you're disloyal or you're not unified. So I agree with you. I think there I, I don't see I, I don't see that getting better going into the convention. I see it getting worse uh, from the what we're hearing on the ground. I'm, I'm optimistic, but I, I may be overly optimistic, Todd, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Um, yeah, there, there, are, there are definitely communication problems there, but we just have to get people to listen and maybe we need to do some seminars on effective confrontation with people because we have to remember there's something you want to get and let's take school choice as an example. If you're wanting to get the school choice bill passed, calling your legislator, saying I'm for school choice and calling your legislator names is not the way to get it done. You have to persuade them. You have to bring forward your facts. You have to be respectful so they'll listen to you. I don't mean bow down to them. I just mean be respectful. And you've got to be willing to listen because sometimes there are things going on that we don't know about. And so always have an open mind and listen. And I'm not saying we're all going to sit around and sing Kumbaya together. Mm -hmm. But if we don't get together long enough, to elect a president in 24, we can't stand four more years of Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. I mean, let's let's be honest. Every day, our institutions are getting ripped down more and more. Every day, inflation steals the savings of the people who are on retirement. Every day, the, the death of a Supreme Court justice gets a little bit closer, and that means a Joe Biden appointment. We don't need that either. Every day, there are unnamed bureaucrats that are extending the tentacles of government, and they're squeezing us more and more and more. We feel it every time we go do something. Stupid COVID masks. Maybe they had a place, maybe they didn't, but a government mandate to shut down everything was, was a serious, that's a serious overreach of government. And we stood by, and most people said nothing. And so what they learned from that is, that, yeah, you can go out and you can hire you know, 80,000 more IRS agents, and uh, you can use the FBI to do your political dirty work for you because there are no repercussions. We got to fix that. So first thing is Joe Biden's got to go. And I'm not saying unite behind what Ken Carroll wants, because I know that I don't always have the best ideas in the room. I realize other people have great ideas, and I will listen to those ideas. We, we do need to unite behind our party, though, and push our people forward. Whenever we come up with a presidential nominee, that's the time to just suck it up and push that person forward. The worst Republican on his or her worst day is better than the best Democrat on his or her best day. And if anybody doubts me, I just want to say two, two words, Joe Manchin. That's interesting. You bring up nominees. It's a... Uh... 
I was looking at the uh, West Virginia poll uh, for uh, the GOP nomination, and they're showing uh, in the last few days Trump at 54%, DeSantis at 9 Pence at 5 Ramaswamy at 2 and Hutchinson at 2 So um, one of the questions we asked earlier is, are you, are you surprised by especially Pence, Ramaswamy, and Hutchinson electing to uh, show up and speak at the Georgia uh, convention? Um, no, because if they're going to go through with it, this is the place to be. Ha also, having said that, it's a long months in a political campaign as an attorney. And it's a long time between now and the Georgia primary, for example. Um, everybody deserves to give it their shot. But I do not want to see a Mitt Romney who comes out and says, well, I just can't vote for Donald Trump. And uh, it's one of the few times on Facebook I actually got threatened with being suspended because I replied to Mr. Romney and I said, if I had to hold my nose and vote for you, then you can hold your nose and vote for Donald Trump. I also may have called him a name or two, but, <laughs> but we can't just, you know, Mitt Romney was all for being us being united when it was united behind him, but we've got to be ready to be united behind whoever the nominee is. Um, and I will do that. And like I said, if I can, if I can hold my nose for a Mitt Romney or a John McCain, then I can certainly support anybody in this field if they're the nominee and let's give them their shot. Let's see what they have to say. Let's choose wisely. And then whoever we choose, we need to get behind them and we need to push them just as hard as we can push them. That's all I got, Bill. Okay. Ken, um, for folks that want to learn more about you or perhaps help in some way, how should they reach out to uh, your uh, campaign? Let's see, somewhere here. Yeah. I have a reminder. Um, Let's see. You can go to uh, www.kencarroll, that's K-E-N-C-A-R-R-O-L-L, for, F-O-R-G-A.com. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. And uh, my personal cell phone number, 478-231-2428. If somebody has a question, they can call that number. I will be the person answering that call. If somebody else answers it, my phone has been stolen. <laughs> But, well, hopefully um, that won't happen between now and the Holy cow, that'd be a disaster. My life's in that phone <laughs> just about it. Uh, but I enjoy talking to people. I want to hear what their concerns are because we need to address those because we have all, when the time comes, we've all got to work together to make this happen. And we need to grow this party. We need to be willing to unite behind a candidate once that candidate is arrived at. And we've got to do a better job of communicating. We've got to tell our story our way so that the American people, especially people in Georgia, can hear that story. And I want us to do that. And you guys are helping get the word out. And I appreciate you for what you're doing. You bet. Well, we appreciate you joining us today. We will look forward to uh, crossing paths and seeing you at the convention itself. We'll both be covering it and and I'll be a delegate on the floor as well. So uh, looking forward to it. Well, I, I look forward to it as well. Uh, if you guys see me, grab me by the collar. I'm all yours. That's Thanks, good. Ken. Thank, thank you, Ken. Thanks for joining us. Another good interview. Contrast to the first one, uh, which was fascinating, I thought. Yeah, I think the what 
what's coming out for the viewers is the difference in perspective that folks bring to the table. I mean, this is, yeah. this is how you get to know people. And I think, you know, uh, forgot who brought it up first, but um, I, I've come to believe that an educated electorate, if you will, in this case is uh, the finest, the finest tool to, uh, to use as we get into the convention. So good stuff. Yeah. And I think we're going to start trying to highlight a little more, not just what people are saying, but what they've actually done in recent memory uh, to, you know, promote one side or the other or what their views are. That's uh, right. Are, are they, are they saying, are they living up to what they promised, I guess is the way to put it. That's so, right. All right. So our last guest is Brian K. Pritchard, uh, entertaining guest. I think you'll enjoy the interview and, uh, this will be the last one for the night. So, Bill, are we going to do another one of these prior to the convention, you think? Or? Yeah, I, I think we're going to have a couple folks on on Sunday that will contribute to um, knowledge and expectations for the convention. And then we'll, we're planning on another one of these for next Wednesday, possibly Tuesday, but um, Tuesday or Wednesday of next week to uh, flesh out final thoughts as people prepare to actually go to, uh, to the convention itself. And before we get to our last guest, we want everybody to go to MyPillow.com, use promo code CDM, get the best discounts. The mattress toppers are amazing. I uh, flew helicopters back in my previous life, and I have back problems from vibrating uh, very solidly for 14 hours at a time in an armored seat for years. So didn't do my back very good. And uh, the, the mattress topper that, that Mike Lindell has built is simply amazing. I have the whole sleep system, the sheets, the pillows, the comforters, the duvet cover. And when you get all that together, it's like sleeping on a firm cloud and it's just fantastic. So check out mypillow.com. He's got 600 products. Don't support the big box retailers. Use promo code CDM. Help support CD Media. Outfit that new bride, that new college graduate, because they're going to need towels and sheets and all that stuff. And don't get them the Chinese stuff, which on the second time turns yellow when you wash it. So with that, I'm going to bring in our, uh, our last interview. All right. We are uh, delighted to be joined uh, today by uh, Brian K. Pritchard. Brian is running for first vice chair of Georgia's GOP. And um, we're thick in the middle of uh, all the campaigns and wanted to have Brian join us today. So, Brian, thank you for making time. Thank you. I appreciate it, Bill. And, and, and thank you, Todd, for having me this uh, today. So I guess to get us started, um, how did you come to decide to run for uh, this particular position? What do you see as the challenges, if, if you will? And um, let's start there. All right, let me say this, Bill. You know, first of all, I'm a lifelong Republican, and I and I grew up Republican. My dad was uh, a delegate to three national conventions, grew up going to Republican parties. I like to always open up with everything, saying my I am an original young Republican. My first memory of uh, a Republican event is five years old at the county fair when my dad told me to mm -hmm. hand a coal mouth that said, vote Republican to people that passed by. Uh, we we have been in the Republican Party our whole life since the late 1800s, the Pritchards. Um, you know, I, I have been involved in North Georgia. I'm in the ninth district. I helped create a, a group uh, called the Power of Five, uh, five Republican parties here in, in North Georgia, Pickens, Gilmer, Fannin, Union, and Towns County. They all came together and we put this together. We've had several political events. 
I moderate debates, and I'm going to get all the way through what, what, what you're asking. I moderate debates. I've probably moderated about 45 only Republican debates uh, in the primaries. Democrats seem to stay away from me and, and won't enter in the uh, debate zone. So I've moderated about 45 debates, and uh, I moderated the one with uh, two hours, the only one where Brad Raffensperger, uh, Jody Heiss, uh, T.J. Hudson and David Bellal for about two hours in that. So the point is, is I have been involved in North Georgia politics for years through all the small Republican parties through the 14th, the 9th, some in the some in the 10th. And I watched what happened in 2020. I watched what happened. I mean, for me, 2020 was stolen. That's just the bottom line. That's what my button says on the front here every day of my broadcast. 2020 was stolen. It was it was weaponized with COVID. Uh, 2020 was uh, the Hunter Biden laptop, uh, the fact that Mike Morrell, uh, former CIA, and now, um, what's his name, our Secretary of State, Blinken, at that time went to Morrell, got the letter of 50, pushed back on the laptop, and then Joe Biden used it, I think, October 22nd of 2020 to look at Donald Trump and say, hey, I've got a letter of 50 former intelligence agents that say, you know, this uh, laptop is Russian propaganda. Uh, the, the fact that the FBI got involved with the social media groups, as they did with Twitter, uh, being the guy with Sussman and, and, uh, and uh, uh, Sussman and Jake Sullivan, as the list goes. I can go on and on, but I watched 2020 stolen, and it wasn't just stolen on election night. It, 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 uh, then I watched 2022 and what happened. And the simple thing is, is I'm coming off not the sideline. I, 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 I've not been on the sideline, but I've decided to run for first vice chair. I looked at chair, and I will say that in all respect, not that I'm saying you're not hearing me say I look to run for chair, but I looked at it, okay? But you have three candidates. I mean, you have three candidates and Dennis Futch and, and Rebecca Yardley and Josh McCoon, and I felt, mm, okay. That is that, that that's an opportunity for the delegates to pick a new chair for the Georgia GOP. But a first vice chair, I felt there I could keep an eye on things. I want to be inside. I want to be inside. I don't want a Trojan horse to get into the Georgia GOP when it comes to 2024. I want somebody that will call out fake MAGA. I'm American first candidate. I'm MAGA. Uh, I want I want to be in there. I do not want the RNC to come into Georgia and roll us in 2024. Uh, need I say more? Because I will. <laughs> Todd? Yeah, so uh, there's obviously a lot of, there's a, we've talked about this with some of the other guests today. There's a discord or disconnect between the, 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 the state party and the local grassroots level. How do you see, what, what can be done to resolve that in your in your mind? Well, the grassroots level, and that's who I am. I'm a grassroots mm -hmm. candidate uh, on, uh, on on that level. The point is, is there's only a disconnect if they create a disconnect. There's no disconnect. I mean, we we have, I've I've been involved in Republican. This is not the first convention I've gone to. I mean, I've been to the county convention. Um, I say this I say this humbly, but I know Robert's rules of order. I understand. I understand the, you know, approving the agenda. I understand putting candidates up for election. I understand the delegates voting. 
And, you know, we go all the way back. Remember, remember in Fulton County, they actually played tiddlywinks. They went in the back behind a curtain and played tiddlywinks one night to, to steal that one two years ago. And thankfully, Fulton County didn't let it happen again. But that being said, there's not the disconnect. It, it It's a perception there's a disconnect. But all we did was have county conventions all across the state. All we did was have district conventions all across the state, put candidates up, delegates voted for candidates, and certain candidates won positions, and some people want to take their ball and go home. Now, they yell unify, and we have to be together, and we can't be apart until they lose. So I'm so essentially not- what you're saying is they just – you would like people to just follow the rules that have been laid out, you know, written down long ago. That's it. That's it. That's That's all – that's all that happened. And now people are making a people are creating that some groups of people around the state are creating that there's a disconnect. I'm unified. Okay, I'm a Trump supporter. All right. Mm -hmm. I'm a Trump supporter. And I look at the camera and I will say this, I'm the only candidate that has been out on the campaign. And I've been from Columbus to Augusta to Pierce County with 12 people in the room, seven hours from my house. Uh, I tell everybody I'm a Trump supporter, but you know what? You know what, guys? I I have respect for the process. Okay, meaning meaning I still have the Bob Dole Jack Kemp T-shirt. All right, uh, I have uh, I went out and campaigned for John McCain. All right, I went out and campaigned for John McCain. I mean, put out yard signs. Didn't just go say hey vote. I went out campaign. Uh, I always ask for forgiveness before this one, but I went out as a Republican and campaigned for Mitt Romney. All right. God, seriously, forgive me for that. But I campaigned for Mitt Romney. And, you know, it's just like I tell people, if I didn't leave the party then, I'm sure as hell not going to leave the party now. So what I'm saying is we are unified. It, it is it is a group that wants to make it look like we're some fringe right. And I, I you know, Joe Biden calls me ultra MAGA, um, you know, fringe activist, all kinds of names. We are unified in Georgia. You need to you need to know that we are unified. We're ready for 2024. This is just a group that's trying to create this uh, what I would call chaos to make it sound as though some mega right took took this party and there's no coming back. That's the furthest thing from the truth. We are unified for 2024. And, uh, you know, I, I can go on and on about that. And I will, I'll look at the camera and tell you, I have told people the reason I say this, I am a Donald Trump supporter, but whoever, whoever the voters choose to be the nominee I will go work seven days a week. And the people that know me know that. And you guys could check some people. I will work seven days a week to get our nominee elected. Because you see, guys, there's no plan B here. There's there's no plan B. Uh, I'm not going to guess this, Todd and, and Bill, but I'll go ahead and throw it out. I'm 58. And we have always said, we've always said, okay, we didn't get them now. We're going to regroup as Republicans. We're going to come back. And then we hear this is the most important election of our lifetime. You see, guys, there is no plan B. There's only plan A to win in 2024 or the Biden administration in the deep state finishes this country off. Totally. And I, I, I like to add to that that there's no benefit of the doubt either. When you see people that are not standing up for the truth or doing the wrong thing, I mean, you need to look at their consequences of their behavior and make a call right then, not just, well, maybe they don't understand or whatever. I mean, there's a reason 
people are not against this debt ceiling bill when they should exactly. be, et cetera. Yeah. Right. They're not against the debt. There's no such, there's no such thing as a, as, as a default. That's why the news, if you ever watch Janet Yellen, every interview she gives, and I study her every interview, the, the media, I call it hashtag deep state corporate corrupt media. They, they will continue to say the catastrophic effects of a default and Janet Yellen will always say, yes, there's a day coming soon where we can't pay our bills. Because the only thing we can't do, guys, the only thing we can't do is pay the bureaucratic select bills. That's not debt. We have the money to pay the debt. We have the money to pay military. We have the money to pay Social Security. We have the money to pay Medicare. After that, after that, it's selecting to pay this bure this behemoth in DC swamp of civil servants that they've put a hundred and two hundred thousand and some still not reporting back to work. So this is all a manufactured crisis once again in America, a manufactured crisis. But the truth is, what are they hiding in this manufactured crisis? There's things like grooming our children and what's taking place at Target and some of the other. Sorry, guys, you got me all wound up. <laughs> no, it's all good. I think we're we're aligned in a lot of those interests. You know, I like I, I laugh when uh, you know I'm on the Miami Day GOP. I, I grew up in Georgia and, and I spent a lot of time in Buckhead, et cetera. I actually was on the John Kerry or John McCain steering committee in Georgia, but uh, back in the we day, forgive you. We forgive <laughs> I know, I know. I, I please forgive me. But I like they I'll have people say, Well, where were you 10 years ago at the convention or 20 years ago? And I said, Well, I was Flying SEAL Team Six around, you know. I mean, people you, you can contribute in a lot of different ways, and just because you're new to the party or new to that county, does not mean you are not to be, uh, you know, respected and and given a voice. And well, I think you, that's what piss, piss people off. Well, you know, uh, I've been asked. I'm not a I'm not a chairman of our local party. Frank Wood. I live in Fannin County, Georgia, mm -hmm. up here in Blue Ridge. Okay, Frank Wood is our chairman. Um, I work with all the chairs across the state. Uh, you know, especially in, in North Georgia. And I'm not I'm not a party official. And I've had people say, well, you know, well, if you haven't been a party official, um, you know, I send out emails. And as I've told people, everybody's asking my plan. What is your what is your plan as first vice chair? Well, to get into some detail, uh, I do own a uh, uh, a media marketing company. My wife and I own a, a digital marketing company. We do it every single day. We understand geofencing. We understand. I will not look at the camera and tell you I quote totally understand AI because actually that's still in a wheelhouse of only a handful of people that truly have their finger on that. But I do know what's coming before us. So I know what we have to prepare for as a party to get the win. But I, I haven't sent out to the delegates a, a, an email with 16 points saying, here's my 16-point plan, because I'm running for first vice chair. I'm not running for chairman, okay? So uh, I do have plans. I have talked, and I'll tell you this, and I, I put it in many of my speeches. I have talked to all three candidates running for chair, and I have pledged to them to work with them. I went to all three candidates and said, if the delegates choose you to be the next chair of the Georgia GOP, you have my commitment. I will work with you for first vice chair. Just look at me and tell me that I will be part of the plan, putting things in place. You will listen to my ideals and we will talk.
And I've looked at all three also and said, I follow no man to a fault. So, so there, you know, there would be a line and that's where I come up with, I'm not going to let a Trojan horse get in the Georgia GOP. Um, for 2024, it's too important. And I see that out there, guys. I, I see the making of what I call fake MAGA already trying to get on the bandwagon. Yeah, definitely. People have to, and Bill, you had a good point recently that, and we're going to start doing the more of this at the Georgia record that not necessarily looking at what people say, but what has been their, their history of voting and principled positions and, and the consequences of their actions coming into these elections. Well, at the Georgia record, I just want to throw that out there. I love your work, okay? Because what I do in the mornings between 8 and 10 every morning is I, I, I go through about 40 websites every morning. I start at 4 a.m. and I go through about 40 websites and I, I just read. I, I read everything. I, I think you guys are probably aware of uh, the CIA, uh, the CIA, the Mar Mockingbird um, um, what am I looking for? Mockingbird media. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I believe the news narrative drops at 4 a.m. I read your work. I read about 40 different websites every morning at 4 a.m. I have this monitor. I have a monitor you can't see. This monitor at 5 a.m. is on CNN. <laughs> yeah, it's on CNN. This monitor is on MSNBC. Do you have a big glass of Kool-Aid with you when you're watching CNN? <laughs> look, 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 Bill. I, I get, I get it all the time. But it, and then, and then at 6 a.m., this monitor's on Morning Joe, Psycho Joe. I have to know the narrative. The media tries to run a narrative, and they're trying to run, they're trying to run three narratives right now: save the democracy, guns, and abortion. And they're trying to move the narrative of the election in that area. And um, you have to know the enemy's uh, positions. You have to know the narrative that they're running. So that's what I do every day. And I just wanted to say, I love your work. You guys have some great work that uh, I follow up on. And, and you may not know it. I've reported on it many times on my program. Thank so, you very much. Very kind of you. So is, as you look at the folks that are going to be attending the convention, I think we maybe touched on the fact that a lot of them are going to be first timers. They haven't they haven't been to one of these things before. And uh, to the point we just touched on, a lot of this comes down to judging people's real intent, their real um, plan going forward. And so, um, as you as you think about who's doing what, um, silence, inactivity, sometimes is as important or as telling as the things people actually do do and we've seen that play out again are there other uh, are there other things that you're using to kind of get a read on where's where people really are uh, are intending on going based on what you're seeing within the party and outside well let me let me say let me say this i have i have traveled everywhere that i've been invited if the calendar's empty i haven't counted delegates i mean uh, you know, some candidates, I understand you're you're going for the W, you're going to count delegates. But, you know, I'll give you an example. Pierce County, Georgia is not far from seven hours from the house. And they called me up and said, uh, will you come down and speak to our GOP? It is, uh, uh, you know, they have 12 delegates. So I did not count delegates anywhere around the state. Uh, I went to Col Columbus. I went to Moultrie, I went to America, so I went to Pierce, I went to Chatham County, North, South. Let me tell you what, what I observed. Don't take this wrong. It's, this is a little, I don't know how this comes from. I didn't learn anything new. I validated, 
Okay. You see, I say I didn't I didn't learn I didn't learn anything new. I validated that the entire state of Georgia, especially when it comes to the base, voter integrity, voter confidence. What are we going to do about our elections? That is in every room. I mean, I went to Gwinnett and it doesn't matter. It's in every room. I went to Forsyth. I went to uh, Fulton County. You name it. Every single room. Voter integrity. Uh, you know, voter confidence. Now, just to throw in here, I have worked with Voter GA for years in Garland Favorito, and I have a letter that I've handed out uh, in most places. I can email you a copy where uh, Voter GA Garland Favorito has written a letter where he's supporting my work and and thanking me for working with them for so many years. Uh, but But that being said, around the state, first and foremost, voter confidence. And first and foremost, I tell you what, uh, the base that is going to this convention, I would be shocked if if a poll was taken and out of, uh, we might have 2,400 delegates. I mean, it's probably as high as 70% would say they want to vote on paper ballots. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that, isn't that interesting? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if, if we had a 2,400 delegate uh, 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 poll that it would be as high as 70% would want to vote on paper ballots because I, and I will say it's just me because, you know, as you well know, uh, all across the state, different, different Republican parties invited chairman, first vice chair, second vice chair, secretary. And I would go to events where from Josh McCoon or Rebecca Yardley um, all the way down to assistant treasurer, uh, Susie Voiles would be there and speak. And the questions at the end of the room, from the room, would be, would you support paper ballots over and over? So mm-hmm. um, I, I will say this. I didn't learn a lot of new stuff traveling the state. I validated a lot of things that we know. I understand. Todd, you got a, uh, another No, thought? that's it. How, how can people help your campaign? Well, you know, first of all, uh, we have uh, a website. BKP on the bottom of the screen, the number four, BKP4GA.com. Uh, we have a website. I got to remember that. They can email me. Anybody wants to email and ask me any questions, uh, BKP number four, uh, GA at gmail.com. And then I have a Rumble channel where we upload all my videos. So if anyone's wondering any of my positions from abortion, it doesn't matter because I clearly give my positions. There's about 2,000 videos on my Rumble channel, Voice of Rural America, Voice of Rural America, my Rumble channel, about 2,000 videos, and it wouldn't be hard uh, to find out any of my positions and how I feel about anything going on. That sounds great. We'll uh, we'll be supporting the uh, convention both from a media standpoint and uh, I'll be a delegate as well there uh, during the convention. So we'll look forward to, to crossing paths, hopefully, Brian, and, uh, and getting the latest on your observations as we actually get into the fray, as it were. So thank well, you again for joining us. I can't thank the two of you enough. I appreciate it. And I look forward to your work. Great work, guys. And I look forward to continuing to be able to use your work and your breaking news on on uh, my program on a daily basis thank you very much thank you take care great show bill thanks for your help in putting that together
You bet. And, you too. Uh, we'll be there again, back again Sunday. Please check out our no ad subscriptions. Help us out. Support for media. Turn off Fox News and support CDM. You got anything else, Bill? No, that's it. Just watch for more uh, more announcements as things come out. I have a funny suspicion we're going to see some uh, some increased um, interesting things between now and June 9th, 10th. So yeah. stay tuned, stay with us, and uh, we'll bring them to you. Put the Georgia record in your daily scan along with CDM.press. Thank you very much, and we'll see you Sunday.